to you by Rocky Mountain Speed and Fang. Technical <laughs> difficulties. So many problems. This this computer's done. We're done with this computer. Zach, no go more. buy a new computer. Moses Sandals. <laughs> I'll be dipped. We uh, uh using we it not only have we been neglecting you guys, our listener base, we haven't even been hanging out with our crew, our guys. We made Joe come over here tonight. So Joe is hanging out with us. Hey Joe. <laughs> Hey guys, how you doing? It's great to be here. I think it's been like two years, right? It feels well, like Well, since it. you've been on the podcast. Two years since I've been on the oh, podcast. I feel it's like... It's been like a month or hanging at out. least since I've seen you guys. I suppose Montana. Yeah. I, when, no. When you yeah. came and... Uh, we went to dinner one night. We went to dinner after Montana yeah. to kind of celebrate and just catch up and debrief. And then and you came of, to see us off when we went to Sturgis. I did. That was, you guys know I was sitting at work and I was like, I have to see these guys off with a tear in my eye. I took off, headed to Granby, and I was like, man, this is going to be super hard seeing my old car leave without me, but super proud of you guys. Well, you thanks. guys did awesome. And then we broke it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, again, I sold you a car that, you know, uh, there's there's some weak links in it. It's had she a thousand has, race miles on it. She has paid her dues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is, there is no, like, sometimes people are like, oh, did, did you get taken to the cleaner by buying that car i'm like listen here we we fully understood you you guys built it we built it we were present for all those race miles we knew 100 percent what we were getting into and we couldn't say no to the deal so yes it might catch on fire and burn up and explode but guess what we fully understand that's the risk of a uh, of a high pedigree race machine it, it is a high pedigree but without a warranty Exactly <laughs> as as it is, but Joe, you've been busy too. Well, I I mean, since I haven't been hanging out with my friends, I kind of come up with all these kind of harebrained ideas or wild ideas, right? Yep. That's what Rocky Mountain Spray Foam. I'm sorry, Rocky Mountain Speed and Fab. <laughs> I no longer own Rocky Mountain Spray Foam, but I I had that in my head. Uh, but Rocky Mountain Speed and Fab is really about being innovative mm. and um, coming up with new things. You know, we started out by shortening a. A Turbo S, that's yep. what we raced last year. That's what you guys are racing now. Um, the latest endeavor, I'll, I'll call it an endeavor, is uh, we are developing a six-speed sequential transmission that's going to mate to the front of our uh, Pro-R two-liter engine. Um, cases in my shop, uh, we're just waiting to, we together will be tearing apart this car and making a six-speed manual uh, clutch air-shifted transmission work in front of a pro r and who are, who are you working on this with i'm working with a company out in california um they kind of want me to be quiet about it okay. if you dig a little bit you might be able to come up with their name but sure. they're they're one of the highest uh, highest in transmission racing uh transmission companies out there uh that money can buy and i reached out to a number of transmission companies with my idea and I got, are you crazy? I got crickets. I got no way will this ever work. And I called the owner of this one company. He's like, yeah, we can, we can make this, we can make this work. If you're willing to work with us, there's gonna be a lot of R and D. Um, you're, you're really going into completely uncharted territory. I asked them, I'm like, am I crazy? I mean, is this just never going to work? And they're like, no, people are watching us. Um, they want to see it done. You know, there's rumors that uh, 
the other brand is coming out with a sequential transmission as well. I think it'll be coming out this fall. Um, we'd like Polaris to have the same thing. So in uh, game is going to be a super high end transmission that'll handle. Dude, you're it's it's like skunk works of the UTV world over at your shop, Joe. It's <laughs> it's cool. Like the stuff you've got going on. The and... Pro R is like the place to be right now. I mean, dude, we raced against these Pro R's in Sturgis, and we thought we had no chance. They are so fast. Yeah. I mean, that's the hot car right now, they man. They are, but they had some breakdowns. They had yeah. some front-end issues. And a couple of guys might have rolled them over, and oh. we gained some spots that way. Yeah. But, hey, that's fair. You know, people ask me all the time, why, why are you doing this? Why do you want to get into this? Why do you want to put a real transmission in front of a UTV? And my answer is... Um, I'm deliberately a conservative racer. I'm not going to be the fast guy out there, but part of the reason why I'm not the fast guy is I'm always worried about the weak link in a car um, taking me out of a race. So my racing philosophy has always been kind of hit at 75 80% and finish the race. I'm just terrified of blowing a clutch, blowing a belt, just being, being out, being done. And so with this, I'm never going to have to worry about a belt again. The transmission is not going to be the weak link on the car. Uh, on paper, we're showing that we can get the Pro-R to do 115 mile an hour at about 8,000 RPM. Um, I think that's attainable. And really, we're, we're shooting this car. We're going after the desert racers. We're going after um, sand guys. I think the sand guys can be all over this. I think you guys have heard us talk about this. We are open class racers. We love the open class. Um, this is like the epitome of what open class racing should be. All these, I'm calling them out. I know you give me flack for not being controversial. Are you going to be controversial? I'm telling you right now. Are you going to be confrontational? (laughs) Guys, guys, hang on. Pause for a second. Write this down. If Zach is actually going to say what I think he's going to say. This is a big deal for him, so just remember this. Put this in your memory bank and hang on to it. All you whiny little crying pro mod class. We're the big dogs. We own everybody. Guess what, man? You're racing a car you bought at a dealership with aftermarket eBay parts. Good for you. We got guys in this class building shit in their garage trying things that you're too afraid to try we got a couple guys doing this racing pro mod because they don't want to come over to the open class and race then they should be they're open class racers you know who you are there is no shame open class is where it's at zach we are the 4400 class of ut zach with the big words so some of you pro mod wannabes need to put up or shut up and come over to the open class Zach gets and to, race. Zach, you get to take your training bra off today. I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm saying some big man words tonight. Well, yeah, Zach, Zach <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, what did we say at Nationals last year? As a team, we took second place in open class Nationals last year, and I said up there from the stage, open class is the class to come, and it's the class to watch. I mean, um, I believe in that. Um, we actually got this. This design is approved by SCORE. SCORE said you will be running in the UTV Unlimited with this transmission. 
Um, so that was the thing I was waiting for uh, was that because I want this car to be able to race Ultra 4, score BITD. I mean, it needs to be kind of more than Ultra 4, even though we're Ultra 4 guys. Our future is going to, we're going to do some desert racing. Um, and I think that this transmission is going to be a really a game changer for us. I mean, it the is. Pro R was a game changer. Yep. Um, now we had a real transmission to it. We're basically running a a third or a fourth of the cost of a UFO car. It's a mini UFO car. So, to play devil's advocate here for a second, you're putting all this work, effort, and money into this UTV when I can go out, buy a Toyota Tacoma or like a Nissan Frontier and spend an eighth of the money and build semi-similar thing and drive on the highway. What, why, why is, what's now, the I'm difference not, here? I'm not knocking stock class guys. Stock class UTV, stock class Ultra 4, that's a totally different argument. I'm I 100% appreciate what those guys are doing. I'm just asking Joe, like, why, why, why all the <laughs> effort into this, the UTV platform instead of, maybe bumping up into like the real car world like what's what's your what's your end game here i mean hopper i mean you know me i mean what am i wearing i'm wearing a pair of black bands tonight just <laughs> to be different okay i'm not a young guy i like i like just off the wall ideas i mean we were the first ones to build a portaled xv 1000 on 35s long before years ago years ago long before they all the Hot dog guys out in Utah were doing it. We were running a portal XP one thousand, two thousand seventeen XP one thousand. And for the record, Joe, you own a Jeep and a Bronco, and you're choosing to race a Razor, yeah, or yeah. a UTV. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm never going to be a forty four hundred guy um, unless, unless I build a Pro R that can run forty four hundred class. Yeah. I mean that's tempting, um, but realistically, my my thing is UTVs. Um, it's less expensive to race them. It's cool to come up with new ideas. And, um, and I, I have to say, they are so smooth. You watch some of the stock class guys out there racing, and they're losing body parts and tailgates, and their kidneys oh, are coming on, apart. That's, that's uh, I mean, apples to oranges. <laughs> apples to oranges. After my 20 years in the Army, I'm an inch and a half shorter than what I used to be from you know sitting in helicopters all day. And, uh, and I need a smooth ride. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the Pro R sitting on some Kings, um, it's a smooth ride. I, I have respect for every one of those stock class guys. And that's a class that's important yeah. to the industry and important to the series. You know, the I, guys I'm knocking are the ones that want to kind of mod their car, but kind of not, and then like give themselves. We've had all these class debates. We see everybody on the Facebooks and the TikToks arguing about what classes we should have. Man, I think you have a very NASCAR-esque setup. you got the Truck Series, you got the Xfinity Series, and you got the Big Boys in Cup. And to me, you know, let the stock guys have their class and run against each other. Let the guys that want to mod their cars a little bit with some store-bought parts no offense to any of those guys, but offense intended. And then uh, let the big dogs run and open, man. No rules. 4,400 Shannon Campbell style. Joe Thompson well, UFO there's, UTVs. 
more and more rules are slowly creeping their way into 4400 we that's a whole nother discussion but it's like anything else as it grows it's getting more rules and more restrictive just like hockey the nets got the goals got smaller and the goalie pads got bigger 44 is that actually true do you watch hockey i used to be into hockey before it was ruined um Nas- I've never NASCAR's, known Hopper to watch a sport. NASCAR's <laughs> getting to be the same way, too. Ru- safety rules are killing it. Like, 4,400, it's starting to get... There's rules out there, man. They're creeping up, and it. I can I can smell it coming. Well, let's, let's preface that with uh, the fact that we saw one of JT's most badass courses he's ever built a couple weeks ago at Pennsylvania. Oh, my gosh, what a they great course. They listened at Visions in the driver's uh. meeting, and uh, JT delivered. JT is a master. An artiste. An artistier. And, of course, you know, he's got Miles back there, you know, doing all the work, helping him <laughs> out. But uh, we, man, maybe we ought to ruffle some feathers. We ha- You already did. What else do you want to say? I don't want to say anything else. Oh. I've said too much. I've said enough. Yeah. Listen, I all I know is I just I just love racing. I don't drive. I'm not a driver. Joe, you're the driver tonight because Zach and I we don't do that. But I love every aspect of it. I love the family that we are. I love the fact we can have heated discussions and at the end of the day we still show up to race. And we all help and each other. And we all need fuel. We all get flat tires. Some guys try to sneak by with tire balls or whatever the heck those things are, but you know what? At the end of the day, we're just out there trying to have a good time. Cause you know what? We're here for a good time, not a long time, Zach. We're we're just a bunch of hobbyists, man. That's all we are, and we own it. Yes, sir. I mean, we do have real jobs. I yes, I do have a real. It's a downer. We have to do it. <laughs> yep. I did speak at the Rotary Club the other day about my job and did a presentation. Young, Did they record that? Because I'd love to post the youngest, that on the The youngest internet. person there was 814 years old. And if you're a Rotarian listening to this, no no knock against you, but you need some new blood in there. Come on, guys. So you taught these old people about the sewer plant, huh? Yeah, we talked about financial financial difficulties facing water and wastewater utilities. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, we, we're super excited to see where this thing goes. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I think, um, what are we, in August right now? Mm -hmm. I think probably four or five months we'll have our first prototype transmission bolted in and be doing some testing. Um, End state or end goal is to have a car ready for the Baja 1000 for next fall. So Rocky Mountain Speed and Fab will be racing uh, Baja 1000. You know, bucket list items are, you know, Reno to Vegas, the Mint, Obviously, we're going to do King of the Hammers again. Uh, King of the Hammers will probably be in last year's car. That car, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys believe that? I mean, we ran King of the Hammers. Yeah. I never recovered the car until we got to Montana. I changed the belt and raced it again. Yeah. You changed the oil. I, oh, I did. <laughs> you I spilled did. it all over the ground. I but did. I mean, the, I, the I, pit I, mat. I broke an axle in qualification. We got the car back together with the rear diff that we didn't know if it was going to make it to the race, but it did. We changed the oil. I changed the yeah, belt. Yeah, that was it. And the car raced again. Yeah, yeah. And and we did good. 160 yep. miles. 160 miles. We took second place. I mean, yep. It, it was a good race. That, that's one of my favorite races. I'd yep. say. So. It is. I love Montana. Aaron and Grizz. What they oh, do up they're, there. They're great. 
their, their, their they, family. They were fun at Sturgis. Sturgis was super weird for us because it was just the Yellowstone off-road guys and gals. And uh, I've never relaxed at a race so much. Like, there just wasn't a lot of anxiety or issues. And then we kind of figured out, well, our normal posse of racers oh, were yeah, there yeah. and half those racers like to do a lot of thrash work the day before race day we won't so, name any names no you know who you are yes you need to be better with prepping listen here you guy listening <laughs> <laughs> anyway so it was just it was just our car and we had it prepped and we weren't working on other cars oh, and everybody was just so chill yeah they let us take the groms out on the race course. Yep. Incredible. It was incredible until that wasn't, <laughs> and I wrecked twice. Yep. That was awful. At least you but were wearing your safety gear. It's true. I was. Good thing. Yep. That would have been ugly. But I respect you, Zach, because there were no cameras on you. I wish there and would have been. No, no. There were no cameras, and you admitted that you put it on its side. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> I went over the bars, oh, and I landed. I It took a solid minute. For me to catch my breath. Yeah, well, you can you can wear the t-shirt now, so good job. Do my own stunts. Yep. That's the theme of the night. We do our own stunts. Yes, we do. But uh, I mean, hey, we gotta gotta explain. You know, look, we've been we've been lazy, we've been busy, whatever. We just haven't been putting the effort into getting the episodes. Well, I. I it's not your fault, listeners. It's not lazy, Zach. I tell you what, it's just been it's been so busy. It's just when people text me, I gotta tell them, look. Life. Life has happened this summer. We've made some changes. I bought a 20-year-old motorhome. And, and you got a puppy. And I got a puppy. And you know what? They are both terrible ideas that I love very much. So it's been busy. It's been a very busy summer. But we're coming into winter. The geese are starting to fly south. It's getting cold. Before too long, it's going to be snowing, and we're going to slow down a little bit. I just I feel like so many things have happened in the last two months, and we can't even begin to tell you. We've paid bills, and uh, are we gonna go there? We did, I don't. I we don't swept know. some floors. We did some dishes. Do we have to yeah. tell them everything we did? Well, I don't. I we went. Yeah, we've done <laughs> things, people, and and we missed the podcasts. We needed the therapy sessions. And I'm I, excited to go back racing. I'm excited. I wish we were going to Crandon, but I just don't think we can make it work this uh, year. No, definitely not happening for me. I started looking at the calendar, and we might have overcommitted a little bit late in the year, but we're going to make some exciting things happen. Oh, our our guy, the worst guest ever, got into the rookie program. Yeah. He is going to rate Jeff Bachman is racing King of the Hammers. We've said it now on the podcast, so it has to be true. Yep. <laughs> oh, that make that gives me anxiety. Just thinking I'm just about thinking that. about that poor car and what Jeff's gonna do to it, and and then guess what? We gotta buy more parts. Oh, uh, oh, uh. But uh, you guys know how that goes. Uh, well, I don't know what else. What else we got going on? That's kind of it, man. I mean, we could talk about like what I've done to the motorhome, but guess what? No one wants to hear Go that. Go to doing stuff with Hopper. The whole thing's been video documented. Yeah. It has been epic. You know, I felt a little bit like some of those Pennsylvania guys 
like the Sturgis trip because I had a blowout on my on my rear duel on the motorhome. About rolled the old girl, and like sometimes I see Casey Gilbert posting like blown tires or Chuck or what you know those guys are. Um, oh oh, don't go to sleep on us there, you know. Chip, all those guys are always posting pictures of blown tires, so I feel like I've kind of arrived. I blew a tire out on the motorhome. It was frightening. And I ripped up the fender well a little bit and tore some wiring out, but guess what? We just we just throw money at problems and make them better. So I spent a couple grand on tires and replaced those. That was painful. I, I got a question, Hopper. How do you decide if your motorhome is a girl or a guy? I mean, you've, you've labeled this motorhome as a gal. Yeah. How'd you arrive there? I, because as a guy, you can't own guy vehicles. <laughs> yeah, it seems kind of weird. I think vehicles are always Although girls. she's are named they? Hercules. I think so. That's, okay. that's weird. Hercules the mile eater. She's still a she. Okay. I mean, it's just, it just it's something I'm taking care of and always fiddling with and always always sprucing up and buying stuff for Might have even violated her a little bit. Uh, what? Let's not go. Zach. Put your hands in her undercarriage. Uh, all up in there, yes, I told that's you, I'm, I'm done being conservative here. <laughs> oh, Dang, Zach's getting all spicy I, with it. I rode an e-bike, people. It didn't <laughs> change my life, and I didn't like it, but I rode an e-bike. Huh, well, <coughs> I mean, I might get, I'm going to scoot a little further away from you. So I you, do my own stuff. So you don't touch my leg, but... <sighs> we got all worked up. Now, imagine right. if we were at the race. Next week, uh... I, I'm inviting all you. Everybody out there listening, you need to come to the Taylor Park UTV rally. I know it's last minute, but hey, just show up. Alan will get you in. It's fine. But uh, we're going to this UTV rally. We go to it every year. And uh, we might do a little bit of a podcasting thing there. We'll see. We'll find out. But I can't wait to get back with a big group of riders. You know, this is kind of my non-race Wheeling family get to see a lot of people once a year from all over the country. I'm getting worked up now. You got me all fired up. You Sm- smudge pot podcast. Ooh, yeah, got to bring your smudge pot. That's we have the, not had it out much. That's the plan. The RMSF smudge pot is. We not have not had yours. Out. We, no, it hasn't been. It, oh. I fired it up in my driveway, but we haven't had it anywhere. What was the guy's name that made that thing? Was, was that it? <laughs> Chaz? Chaz? Traz Ridgeman? Ryan? Nollard? They used to race with us. Oh, it was them boys up in Wyoming. And they raced Hondas. Or he raced a Honda. Ona Robert. Robert. Robert Tyler. Robert Tyler. Oh, yeah. I remember that guy. Yep. He had a Honda. Does he still have a Honda? I don't know. Does anybody even know? He's out east somewhere. Well, old Chaz is still up in Wyoming fighting fires. Yep. But uh, I heard he even went to a one-seater. But he does still listen to Florida Georgia Line. He told me that this morning. And so it's a Polaris. It is a Polaris. Yeah. Them boys at Hypoxic, we owe everything to them. They got us into this. We either owe it to them or we can blame them. Yeah. yeah. We, decided. Maybe we might be sending them a bill, but we have gone off the rails. We should we should get our we should wrap this up and get to the good part of the show. Yeah, we do have a good part of this show coming tonight. Yeah. Like I said, we do honestly thank you guys for listening. We're sorry we had to take a few oh, weeks just off. Just stop apologizing already. It's it's unbecoming. 
be a man, own up, and move on. We're here. We're back, right? Yeah, there buddy. There we go. And, uh, yeah, we called up Aaron Lynch. We're going to get Aaron Lynch on the line. He is a stock UTV racer. A lot of respect. Super nice guy. Great, beautiful accent. Um, He's from eastern parts of the world where there is far too many trees. Yep. And, uh, and mud. Ugh. I, I think Tennessee, maybe Kentucky. I'll be honest, I don't know the difference between Kentucky and Tennessee. Well, in Tennessee, don't you got to load 16 tons? And what do you get? Just another day older and deeper in debt? Isn't that what happens out there? Or is it, yeah. I, I wonder know. what Trisha Yearwood's doing right now. Hmm. Well, yeah. let's call up Aaron. That's what matters. We're going to get Aaron Lynch on the phone. Uh, we're going to give our sponsor a little shout-out here. And uh, like I said, thanks for tuning in. And, and yeah. Here we go. We better get Aaron on. Buckle up. Buttercup. I want to take a minute to give a huge shout-out to our newest sponsor, the Colorado Land, Kansas Land, and Nebraska Land Tire and Service Group. These guys have not only helped me out when it comes to getting new wheels and tires, but they are also huge fans of racing. NASCAR, local dirt track racing, or off-road racing, these folks go above and beyond to support racers at all levels. Whether it's on your race car or your truck and trailer, these guys care. Find the nearest location by going to www.thetirestore.com. Well, here we are again. Yep, we uh, we rounded us up a good guest for tonight. We had to do you right since it's been so long. Yep. And uh, we've been talking to this guy about coming on for, geez, almost a year, man. I think since Nationals last year at least in Oklahoma. Um, yeah, we got Aaron Lynch on. What's up, man? How's it going, guys? Glad to have you with us. Yeah, sorry it took us so long to uh, get back and have a show and have you on. You've been on like the top of our list for a while, man. Well, thanks for having me. That's the number one thing. See, that's those, like, southern manners right there. We don't know how those work, man. <laughs> you guys, when I hung out with you guys at Nationals last year, I was just like, man, I felt like I was at home. You guys were, I mean, I don't want to say good old boys. Like, some people might take offense to that, but just kind of good old southern boys, man. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a good old boy, man. I, I'd say it from a small town in Tennessee, you know what I mean? It's, that's how it is. You, you just, you scratch their back, they scratch yours. And that's the way it's always been. You got a good crew, man. I enjoyed meeting all those guys and hanging out with them the last few races. Uh, But yeah, you you got a good crew. You've been racing a bunch. So man, we're excited to kind of hear all about that this evening. Well, just uh, ask me away, guys. So why don't you start out by telling us a little bit um where you came from how you got started you're you're somewhere in tennessee i know that much but besides that i don't know a terrible lot about your background um uh, dude i'm right i'm north of uh knoxville tennessee this small town and uh dude i grew up on a 1500 acre farm dude riding dirt bikes just raising hell my whole entire life and uh then I progressed into uh, after I raced moto for probably about fifteen years. Then I started racing street stuff. We did uh, 
sport bikes, supermotos. We drag raced. Uh, this is all motorcycle stuff, of course. Uh, played around on some quads. Always kept getting hurt on those, so I just kind of steered clear to working from those. Uh, Three wheelers are my are my jam. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm all about some three wheeler action. Uh, UTVs didn't come about till probably 2021. I think that was my first Ultra Four race. Uh, I bought a KRX and took it to the woods like five or six times. I said, "Man, this is boring. I want to go fast." And uh, I joined my first Ultra Four race, and we started playing around in that. Then, and it progressed into X Three somehow. And and uh, for some odd reason, I'm really competitive. Mm-hmm. Well, you're fast, man. I mean, that helps. <clears throat> it, it, I'm fast in areas. Uh, like I like tight woods. I grew up in the woods, so uh, for some odd reason, I have trees to stop me. Like when I went out to Montana. You guys, you came up and talked to me. I was just nervous, dude. I, I watched so many rallycross fell videos of people flipping off into orbit, and I was just like, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I I distinctly remember you telling me, like, I don't like this, man. And I was like, what do you not like about this? And he said, there's not any trees. <laughs> and we're just like, that's what makes it great, man. <laughs> You just, yeah, you were uncomfortable there for a little bit until I think you got out on the track a little bit more. Yeah, uh, it was some super high speed stuff, and which I don't mind super high speed stuff. I like technical. Uh, I like big rocks. I like, I like you throwing some obstacles in there to make it hard. Yeah, the fun thing to me about Montana and that kind of race is the uh, attrition, right? Because everybody underestimates it because it's just a big-ass pasture, and we're all just going to go really fast. And then, man, people just drop like flies. Uh, I noticed that, and I'm the type of guy that won't back down from a race. You know what I mean? Like, we got out there. I think it was right around – that was the longest race I've ever done in my life, by the way. It was just – 160 miles, I think, for us. Yeah. It was it was rough. That was the furthest I've traveled to go race for starters. Yep. Then on top of that, we raced 160 miles, and uh, it was rough. Like it wasn't rough. It was just like you said, nutrition. I got a lap around. I got a flat lap. I think two or three, uh, and I rimmed that thing 21 miles. <laughs> there was nothing left of that tire. That's a that's like an East Coast racer thing, man. I've noticed that all you guys out there, you don't fix flats on course. Like you just keep going. If I have to get out of the car, I'm just done. <laughs> <laughs> like well, it, in your defense, there's really nowhere to change a flat. Like you watch some of those East races, and I'm like, one, I don't understand how you can go that quick through quarters that tight, and two. Like there's literally nowhere to go. Like there's not a, there's no side area. So I can see that. There's some, but usually uh, those are good for passing and, mm-hmm. you know, horn bumping or whatever you want to do. And just for people to get out of your way. So you don't want to clog those areas. And I feel like if the car still moves, I will still keep going <laughs> regardless. 
Yeah, you guys love your trees out there. That's for sure. We we see that. You were just at Pennsylvania a few weeks ago. Um, of course, we know everybody loved the course that JT and Miles built out there. Um, what'd you what do you think? How did Pennsylvania go? Well, I know Dude, how it uh, went for you. It went pretty well for me, but uh the course wise, dude, it was just a good blend of ultra four. You had fast, you had rocks, you had dust, you you had tight trees, you had everything that you could ask for in an endurance race. That's awesome. Uh, and it was good. Yeah, watching some of the footage, I was like, man, this looks like a killer course. Granted, I don't race, but uh, oh, man, it looks super fun. And again, like attrition, like your car definitely had to hold together. Yeah, it did. Uh, so I say because once it, they had they put their big rock section, they put one mid pack of the course. It was probably a couple miles in. It wasn't that bad, but the last two miles of the whole course, it was nothing but big gnarly rock. And uh, I'm glad they put that there at the end where Pitts was. So just in case if something ever did happen, you're right there at Pitts. Uh, the fast stuff, dude, it was just log roads, dude, just for miles. And you can just hammer down. Uh, that was a good course. I, <laughs> I don't even know how to put it. Well, it worked out really good, man. That course uh, played well, I think, to your skills. Obviously, you got first in stock class, right? You got a nice yeah. little trophy out of the deal. So I would say that probably suited your style pretty well. Yeah, I would say so. It was, uh, like I said, that was the best course that I've ran this year. So let's let's go back. You you start on dirt bikes. I mean, I'm a motorcycle guy, not necessarily a dirt bike guy, but a motorcycle guy. You learn a little bit of skills there. I'm sure if you're riding dirt bikes in the woods and in the south, I haven't met a dirt biker from down there that wasn't pretty skilled uh matt woody's from down there he's a georgia boy but uh you got some really good riding <clears throat> uh i can't remember what you told me last year when we were talking you're pretty close to what they call the dragon right yeah that was uh well i'm pretty close to a lot of things you got like wind rock you got tacket creek you got the dragon if you got street box or groms or whatever uh so being in East Tennessee, you kind of got to be well-rounded if you're going to adventure out and do some stuff. Well, that dragon is definitely on the old Grom list for us. We yeah. got to commit to going on an East Coast trip someday. The problem is out East is there's lots of trees and there's <laughs> bugs and it's hot. <sighs> it is a little hot. Uh, fall time is usually pretty good to come out here and ride. Yeah, fall's nice. Uh, now, if you guys ever make it this way, though, let me know. I will jerk out a Grom for us to go play Heck, on the Dragon. Heck, yeah. I like that. Now we just need to – I just fueled up tonight. It was 420 a gallon or something. Yeah, gas went back up. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, once it goes back down, we'll come out. Yeah, <laughs> I can say that, too. <laughs> so, uh <clears throat> You're riding bikes. You're pretty competitive. You, you said you get into UTVs. 
what was it about UTVs and Ultra Four? Like, what kind of drew you into your first race? Uh, you know that old saying, "Age comes a cage." Yeah, I love that saying. Uh, I got two little girls, so my wife. This is right before I started getting side side by sides. I stunt rode Harley's. I did wheelies on baggers, do burnouts, all the fun stuff. Uh, so we'd always do stunt events and go out and do all that type of stuff. And, uh, after I had my second little girl, I was like, man, I need to kind of calm down a little bit. Uh, kept getting hurt. Motorcycles, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, I lost a bunch of friends on motorcycles. So my wife started looking at me and she's like, Hey, you need to find a different hobby. I'm not saying you have to give up on motorcycles, but I'd like for you to spend more time off of motorcycles. So I got me a side by side. Well, I got tired of trail riding the first five times I went. I was like, I need to go fast. I need to do something different. That's what led me to Ultra Four. What was your first race then? Was that that was probably uh like a rush, maybe? Rush, Kentucky, 21. Yep. That was also a good course, man. I remember that race. Uh, that was, was that the mud fest? Was that what that one was? Yes, it was. Yeah. Our, our buddy Dwayne Gerritsen, man, he knows a lot about mud and he's told <laughs> us that that one was like one for the books on, uh, cleaning the car after the race. Dude, I will say this doing Montana, you just blow the dust off the car and you're pretty good to go. Yep. When you race anything East coast, you are pressure washing this thing for Three, four hours tops. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, see, I don't like mud either. There's a lot of... I just... I, I Maybe I'm just too much of a princess. You're getting old, man. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, I'm still not into chrome, so I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, no, I don't like chrome either. <laughs> nice. So you... I'm, not much of a, I'm not much of a mud guy. I don't like really getting dirty. Uh, yeah. But, like... You know, as soon as that green flag goes, you you, you got to do what you got to do. I love uh, watching these mud races. Uh, Paul Wolf <clears throat> does a great job. He puts on his fire suit and then he puts on like a rain suit, like a yellow, like fishing rain suit and gets in his car. And that's how he races the mud races. Uh, great idea. Yeah. That is really a good idea. Because, uh, I'm pretty sure my wife is starting to hate me washing this fire suit when it comes all muddy and stuff. That that <laughs> way, you know, you stay dry for a little bit, and if you do catch on fire, just covered in molten rubber. Yes, yeah. that's a always a good time. So you terrible. You <laughs> you race that first ultra four race. You kind of get the bug, and then what, man? You just say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Like this is my new thing," or uh 2021 uh, i raced rush my biggest goal was like okay i need to pass tech and uh i passed tech i made it two laps and broke my crap then uh i raced aop right after that i made it two more laps didn't even finish the race and i started setting back like when i was walking back to pits uh aop in 2021 seen all the fast guys i was looking at what they had and i was like oh man i was like everybody's in x3s there's x3s everywhere and i seen how competitive they were and 
stuff like that. So I took the rest of the 21 season off. I bought me X3 and built it and uh, started racing 2022 at Rush. Then my first race back in the X3, I got second place. And I said, oh, dude, I'm hooked. <laughs> yes. So you do own a business. Like you're you're not just like some guy that built this in your garage, right? Like tell us a little bit about your your shop and what you do there. So I own a, I own a motorcycle shop here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, it's one of the largest in the area. Uh, that's all we do is motorcycles. Dude. We got motorcycle dynos. We got side-by-side dynos. We, uh, I do all my own stunts. So I got welding and fabrication equipment. We, uh, we build some pretty rad stuff and, uh, we test it out. That's, uh, I think that's the name of the episode right there. Aaron Lynch. I do all my own stunts. <laughs> you make t-shirts on that. You just let us know. I'll definitely send you guys one. That's that's a good saying. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so you know how to fabricate, you know how to build. Um, you know, and UTVs, while they're different from motorcycles, you if you know how to make one hold up and strong, like it's pretty much the same, right? Yeah. Uh, before I started my business, I was actually I left Honda as a master mechanic. I, I worked at Honda for quite some time. And uh, I worked my way up to a master tech. And so I got a good fundamentals about everything in the power sports industry. And uh, then when I opened up my business, I I started running into non-Honda stuff. And you kind of have to figure that stuff out. Hmm. Uh, So service manuals and this, that, and a third. Then it's just all instinct after that know-how. So you're a you you were in you know used to do bikes big you and were a Honda tech, um, so tell me this and this is slightly off topic, but uh, how is working on like the first generation of Honda Valkyrie motorcycles, or did you ever work on those? I have because I have. I have the, so I, I I ride this Grom. I commute most of the days on my Grom, and I need something a little bigger because I'd like to be able to go up Red Dirt Hill, which is this I, either side of Granby. There's a big hill, and you can't take a Grom up it because I'm too fat. So I need something a little bigger. But I've always been in love with the first gen Honda Valkyrie. I remember when it came out? I was in buying a a, a chainsaw at Rod's Outdoor Power where I grew up. And they had it on the showroom floor, instant, instantly in love with it. Now, it's probably way too powerful, way too heavy, way too gramp of a bike for me to ever own. But I saw one the other day on Marketplace that needed work. And I'm like, that looks really hard to work on. Are they really hard to work on? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, I hate working on those things. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, you got, like, those uh those projects that you don't want to take on. Yeah, that you know that you're going to have way more time into them than what you're going to get paid for. And that's one of them? And that's one of them. Okay. Discourage the Valkyrie, please. That's, that's what I needed to hear because, like I said, now, it's... Nearly- I'm, not saying, I'm not saying if you bought one brand new back in the day, 
it'll probably last you for a very long time. Yeah. But, but right now, digging one out of someone's barn that's been sitting <laughs> for 20 years, I don't want to mess with it. <laughs> that's good, because I saw it, and I was like, ooh, I, I've always liked the way they look. But realistically, like I said, it's I want to be able to pick it up off the ground if I lay it over. And like Zach's Harley is way too big of a bike for me. The Valkyrie realistically is too big of a bike, but a guy can always have a dream or two, right? Someday, yeah. when when you grow up, someday <laughs> we can get you a real motorcycle. Yeah. Now I'm a Honda motorcycle connoisseur. I've had a bunch of them. I'm a fan. Um, I think that Honda, the Honda motorcycle for Hopper. Is the 1986 <laughs> Goldwing? Yes, dude. It's That's another one. That's another one I hate working on, but <laughs> they're powerful, dude. We got a Goldwing in here in the shop right now. That's a they converted it to a truck. The way those things sound, it, they sound mean, and they got tons of power. I just think that you know, a bike owner and his bike have a corresponding like personality, <laughs> and that's really like what I think of motorcycle wise when i think of opera mm. and like maybe like a purple or a brown with an american eagle airbrush paint job on well, it we or could something. i know people that could do that for you yeah so, but we gotta we gotta yeah. graduate you up to like a, a maybe a teenager side bike <laughs> first let's get you know steps baby steps here i didn't just get my geezer glider here right <laughs> off the bat it took me 20 years to develop the nerve to buy something that ugly but <laughs> so what you you ride a harley now yeah so the story goes my father-in-law taught me how to ride well he didn't teach me he put me on a motorcycle 20 years ago showed me how it worked it took five minutes and i was hooked so i've had i think i'm looking at bikes 21 and 22 in my garage right now mm -hmm. um i've had a lot of bikes i've got a problem um and I always swore because my father-in-law, Danny, is my motorcycle uh, mentor. For years, we were like, no Harleys. We don't ride Harleys in this family. We won't do it. We can't do it. Well, then he bought a Harley. And then he let me ride it. And I was like, oh, man, this is kind of nice. But I won't do it out of principle. And so I had a Honda Shadow 1100. Good bike, um, affordable, good $3,000 bike. And I was telling him what I wanted to do to it. Man, I think I want a fairing. I need some saddlebags. And he was like, do not do that to that Honda. That is not the right bike. I got a bike for you. My buddy's selling. And I said, Danny, I can't do it. I won't buy a Harley. And he sent me a picture of this bike. And I was like, I got to have it. I want it. And so <laughs> and I got, got it. I got this sweet Electra Glide with all the things and the stuff and the seats and the speakers. Uh, but mine's 105th. So if you know Harley guys, you know 105ths are special bikes. Yeah. Some oh. of the guys who have the 100th anniversaries, you know, they think they're very special. Yeah. Now the bike ain't special. It just is a pretty color. That's really all it is, is a color. Um, but man, I, I did not want a street glide. I did not want an electric glide. And I got to say, after I think I've had it maybe three summers now, 
best bike I've had. I'll never sell it. I can't sell it. I love the bike. It was a one owner. I knew the gentleman that sold it to me and uh, I got too good of a deal. And man, I just, it's a fun bike. I will say that you, it's different strokes for different folks. Uh, When it comes to motorcycles. I'm over 40 now. I'm not some kid trying to drive around on my Honda crotch rocket. Those days have come and gone, but, uh, yeah, it's it's not a road glide. I'll be honest. I was I would have been a road glide guy if I could have, but I personally would like to see Hopper on a road king. <laughs> no fairing, big apes. That's a lot of freaking bike. I don't know if I can handle that. Well, now Danny's got a road king and it is he tells me it is for sale. We popped the windshield off. and I don't know if you've been following my socials, but I have a motorhome and I'm currently broke because of it. <laughs> so we're going through the motorhome pain phase at the moment. Maybe later we'll think about it. Yeah, the Grom, the Grom suits you. Thank the Grom you. does it's really good. It is, and every time, you know, I will, I'll be in a bad mood because work was extra nasty and I get on that Grom and I go home. And I just show up to my house with a big smile on my face. It's literally the smile maker. It See, is... you are a motorcycle guy, man. You just didn't but it's, know it. It's the Grom. It's the Grom. It's it brings the, you know, it's, it is it's, the Grom. You can yeah, be in complete sadness and you jump on a Grom and you're happy. Amen, brother. It is the smile maker <laughs> deluxe. It's it's I don't miles per miles. I don't think I'd get the same effect on a bigger bike. Oh, you however, would. You it is it, it is really sad that I can't drive over the hill and like come ride with you in in Winter Park. So <laughs> just put some more power to it, and you'll be okay. Well, I think that'll be someday down the road when I'm not thrashing on a motorhome. Is do a big bore kit or something. We like need that. we need to do uh, we need to find kind of a wrecked one like we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, fix it up and maybe do the 300 swap. Yeah, something. That might be fun to do. I'll have to send you some videos. We took a uh, Grom. We put a uh, 300 in it. We put, uh, it's on nitrous. Oh, man. You know, we, we, were smoking, we, we were smoking Honda Civics, you know, at the local drag strip on this Grom. Oh, holy moly. Do you, do you still, like, have this Grom around? No. But I do have a Honda Monkey. That, uh, needless to say, is a uh, it's a work of art. <laughs> We've uh, put about sixteen thousand dollars into a Honda Monkey. Wow! Why is it and, taking this long to get together with you, man? <laughs> well, I used to do all the the. I used to help do uh, man in the box. Uh, the crawl is what they used to call uh, Smoky Morse Balmore Rally. We used to really big into small bore stuff, and uh, I've kind of stepped away from it. But I think it's the new CT125, the Honda Trail. Mm-hmm. That thing is speaking my language right now. <laughs> yes, they are. That, that's, that's a cool. The geometry is a little different than the Grom, and the gearing's, I think, different. But I feel like it would be just as fun as a Grom, if not more so. It's the ultimate pitter. You got a little milk crate in the back. You can run to the store. Yep. You got everything you need. Yeah, that's cool. You wouldn't believe, man, how many people tell me like we saw Hopper on the ground. 
Like just the feedback I get is so good. Everybody in town knows you. Yep. I was in the Fourth of July parade on my Grom. Honda was in, or Honda Hopper was in the fire truck, not with us. And uh, I had like a twelve-year-old kid flag me down in the middle of the parade, and he goes, "Is that Hopper's motorcycle?" <laughs> and I was like, "Listen here, you little shit!" And then I grabbed candy out of his hand. Little turd. <laughs> What an insult. I said, this is my bike, sir. <laughs> I do my own stunts. That's that's right. New shirt. The pit told him that. I do my own we stunts. We do kid. our own stunts. I don't know if you, well, I don't know if we officially shared it anywhere yet, but we did get to take our Groms on the course at Sturgis before the race. It was on my. It was on an episode of doing stuff. With it Hopper. was on doing yeah. stuff with Hopper. Our drone pilot, the worst drone pilot ever, <laughs> did Whoa! not did not capture the first wreck. But I freaking smoked myself on that Grom coming down a hill in a rut. It hurt for a minute. It was great. But I guess technically I do my own stunts. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. The great so thing about the Grom, though, it took $20 and an hour, and I fixed everything on it. Honda, baby. Yeah. I love Hondas. So do you got, like, dirt tires on these Groms? Or oh, oh, yeah. Knobby uh, Kendas. We run the Kendas. Oh, yeah. The Kenda Big Box. That's the only way to go. Yeah, and you know, like, in Granby, I was worried that it did have like soft shoulders for, for cornering and whatnot. Cause I like to go hard into the corners, but man, they don't even, they don't roll or anything. I like don't that. know any difference, honestly, between the knobbies and the regular. Well, guys. everyone on the forums were like, you're going to put it over. You're going to lay it down. This one, there was just this big thread on the latest Facebook, Facebook group. They wanted to go do a ride down somewhere in Denver. And like, there were two guys that were like, we can't go ride. We got our knobbies on. We can't do asphalt on our knobbies because we'll lay them over. I'm like, I, I don't know how you do that, but I'm not really a stunt guy is as much as some people would like to think that I am. So I'm not super qualified to talk about Honda Groms and stunts and knobby tires. <laughs> the only time Hopper lays his Grom over <laughs> Is when we park them next to pretty girls. When I'm not moving, I stop and there's some chick and I just I just fall on my side. It's That's so a good conversation starter, you know what I mean? You just dump it right there in front of him. Say, yeah, hey. for when he dumps it on top of me <laughs> and then I'm laying pinned under two groms. Like, <laughs> it's happened multiple times now. Yeah, yeah, literally. So there's a series of events with you, hey? Yes. Usually, if there's if there's some sort of attractive female, I'm I'm gonna lay it over if I'm not moving. It's a self defense mode, I think. Some sort of you know, because otherwise they would be chasing me for my body, and I you know my wife wouldn't appreciate that. So it's like it's how nature keeps me safe from these. <laughs> we boy. Way off on the tangent on this one. <laughs> I don't know if the listeners out there can tell. We might be, we're either a little rusty or this is some of our best content yet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sure Casey Gilbert will let me know. <laughs> oh boy. Hey, big shout out to that guy. Well, let's let's bring it back in and let's 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 keep talking more about things that are pertinent to this evening's um 
Well, we always ask our guests because, you know, we're always kind of talking about Ultra 4. Let's talk about Hammers, man. Have you been to Hammers? Are you going to Hammers? Like, what are you doing? I've not been. I've thought on it really hard. And I'm possibly going to shoot for 24. We'll see what happens. I raced every race this season besides Hammers to kind of get a good grasp on everything. I feel like I'm still learning. When it comes to these off-road machines here, and uh, every bit of input I have will just help me further down the road. And I think hammers is like a bucket list thing that I want to try. So I think I think you hang out with some good guys like uh, Cody Quattlebaum, um and Jeremy Blackburn, and and a lot of you east racers from the south kind of hang together you got some good guys around you um cody has actually cody was at hammers this year he co-drove in the big race and uh he's got i think he co-drove for rich as well in the UTVs. he co-drove for rich in the utvs and uh for joe gatlin in the 4400s so he he's got a good lay of the land and uh man i I think you'd do well at hammers. I think you got to be prepared to be overwhelmed your first time. Cause even when you go and you don't race, it's shocking, man. It's, it's shocking. Um, I've seen the videos. It looks uh, like a big dust bowl. And uh, everybody uh, says that race is really hard. The race is hard. The week is hard, man. It's not normal. Because everything is 10 times bigger, you know, the spectators, the vendors, the things going on, you know, say what you want about Dave Cole, but that guy knows how to put on a show. And uh, it's just the whole thing's crazy. You got to come out, man. Even if you don't race this year, which I think you should need to come out. We know some guys that you can uh, that you can hook up with out there. But uh Yeah. I would uh I would definitely like to go to Hammers. Uh if I have the pit guys on my back, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yes. Hopper I, is the I, number one fuel man, dude at uh Montana. You saved me twice, I think. Love it. Love to hear that. We uh we definitely have the best fuel guy in Ultra Four right here. How many cars did you fuel in Montana? I felt like all of them at <laughs> one point. I think we st- we figured between the two days and all the classes, maybe 12 to 14 cars. I think he slung 24 cans of fuel, maybe. Yep. I know and- when I pulled in the pits, he was hot. He was sweaty. <laughs> he just grabbed that fuel can up on his shoulder and he started filling me up. I was like, he's tired. Yeah. I was like, he needs a nap. <laughs> I got don't worry about me I get my naps I don't miss out on my, on uh, on naps and so that's kind of one of my you know how I'm so successful feeling is I always get my naps and um the the, the vapors from the fuel keep me going um it's it's like a stimulant if you will and I just know that that my that my racers out there they need that go juice to put in the miles and and that just keeps me going that just keeps me going, mate. Knowing that I'm keeping you going. I appreciate <laughs> everything you've done for me out there, bud. <laughs> race, that's race Santa right there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, 
Hopefully, we're going to get some more sponsors, like fuel sponsors out of this, man. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I. Where's VP at when you need him? Yeah. Like I said, fuel's so expensive right now. I don't even understand it, but at least at least we're not those 4400 guys that are you know like per race burning 355 gallon drums like i don't i don't know how that how a guy can make that happen but i don't either that's a that's a quite a bit of fuel yeah it's a big jump yeah for sure so so you're you got hammers on your uh, radar for next year but what what Give us a little bit of outlook on the rest of this year, because we still got a few races to go this year. You said you've been at all the other ones. You've had some good runs. What uh, what are you looking to do the rest of the year, man? I'm shooting for a East or West championship. That's kind of what I'm doing. I'm out of the national points because I didn't run hammers. But I'm setting them second and West Coast points right now, ninth and East. Uh, we only got one more East Coast race, so hopefully it kind of shakes out pretty good. Uh, it might be too far gone out of reach, but West is definitely in reach. So we got uh, we got Crandon at the end of this month, Crandon, Wisconsin. Good short track race, very different than some of the others. Um, yes. We got Disney, Oklahoma in September. Which I think we're all looking forward to Disney. Mm-hmm. Disney last year, man, outstanding. I got a bone to pick with Disney. You know, <laughs> uh, I had way too many flats last year. <laughs> yeah, and, and you it, were there last year too, Hopper, picking up my car. Yes. One of my boys changed my tires. It we had some good strategy there because the the old Jags didn't work so well on that uh, that river bottom, so yep. we used the old human jack experience there it it worked all right yeah yeah and then we got havasu at the end of october um which is new for everybody so that's going to be the nationals man that's going to be the big one that's going to be the big one and that's kind of yeah go ahead i was about to say i'm excited for like havasu yes it's going to be like my first real desert race. I'm not saying Montana wasn't, but this is like desert, desert. They say there's some pretty technical stuff out there. That's what we've been hearing. Uh, <clears throat> we saw what JT did in Pennsylvania. I wouldn't put him past him to build that course 10 other places across the country. He can do it. Yeah. So yeah, we see uh... a little bit of carnage there. I hope I hope there's more rough courses like this because it's kind of easy to uh, go fast for a long period of time, but it's it's hard once you start throwing obstacles in there, start breaking up the guys, uh, nutrition, uh, car, everything takes a toll when you start hitting those rocks at speed. So I I say the same thing, um, like as a guy that works on the cars. It's like, man, couldn't we just go desert racing for a little bit and stop destroying parts and components that we just bought? That's like my mentality, but I know better, man. It's way too easy to underestimate a desert race. Um, We got Vegas to Reno coming up in a week-ish. 
And we're going to actually have some pretty good Ultra 4 representation out there at Vegas Torino. I'm excited to see a lot of our friends out there racing. I'm really interested to hear what they think about because it'll be their first big desert race. And I think it's a lot harder than we want to think. Um, plus, it's that, like a 500 miler. That race is on my bucket list. Uh, I definitely want to try to do some desert stuff in 2024. Uh, Vegas Torino, that is the mint. I want to run the mint so bad. The mint is tough for us because it's so close to hammers and it's really hard to turn around a car <laughs> from hammers and absolutely destroying it to the mint. But uh, I'm not going to name names. We have some buddies that are going to try that this year, hopefully. Um, and so we might be at the Mint next year. We'll see. It's a little bit easier for us to just show up. Yeah. We don't have to pre-run and do all that jazz. But uh, I want to I want to dip into that and see what it's like. I want to see how the UTVs uh, that we've helped with handle that. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I'd like to. I like to see this good shakeup because, like, most of the videos and stuff that I've watched at the Mint, it's very high speed. You know, you, you don't get to pre-run the course. You can go pre-run weeks before and kind of get an idea of everything. Uh, but where they don't let you pre-run the course, that's a that's a big game changer. It's like it's anyone's race at that point. Yeah. I do love during the Mint when they talk about the rock section. <laughs> and I'm watching, and I'm watching, and I'm waiting, and I'm like, where are these rocks? And they're like, well, that was them going through the rock section. And I'm like. I didn't see any rocks. And then like the desert, true desert guys will come in and talk about, oh man, that rock section was rough. <laughs> and you get like the, the ultra four guys, like a Paul Wolf. And he's like, I, I don't even remember seeing the rock section, man. I just went a hundred miles per hour the whole time. I'd like to see a ultra four boy, uh, definitely podium on that race. Cause mm -hmm. I want to hear their experience about it. And like you said, the rock sections, the rock sections don't look enough. I think we had more rocks in Pennsylvania than the Mint 400. Yeah, yeah. But I know, too, you set up your car for the desert. It's it's definitely not going to handle. I, I get it. I'm not – I don't want a bunch of desert racers hating on us. Like, we don't know. We're a little inexperienced. I know your setup makes a difference, but we, uh, we just got to get out there with some guys and just see it for ourselves, you know? Correct. And uh, preferably, we should do that before we go somewhere where they don't speak English. <laughs> Maybe we won't have that choice. I don't know. Yeah. Have you been practicing your Spanish? Si, mm, uh, senorita? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I have a really important question that we need to get out of the way before we, you know, kind of wrap things up. But that is, how do you, how do you like your bacon? Do you, are you I'm a crispy bacon? I'm a crunch. I'm a crispy type of guy. I wasn't going to ask because I, I ate bacon with you a year ago at nationals. Cody cooked that bacon. That I mean, he asked me how I wanted my bacon. I really appreciated that, but I knew you were going to be a crispy bacon guy. See, I just want it on the record, Zach, that the smart people eat crispy bacon. I don't know if there's a correlation. I think if you're eating bacon in general, it, you're probably smart. You have a point. 
you have a point. My wife makes it kind of chewy. I'm not a big fan. I'll keep it on there for another couple minutes and yeah. hold out and eat it. We go through bacon phases at the house. We've been in a dry spell, but it's been hot. So, you know, we don't want to heat the house up frying bacon. So once it once it cools off. Which is 2023. We live in the mountains, man. You're really not cooking in your house because you don't want to heat it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is so <laughs> Nebraska of you. Anyway. Blackstone for the win. I I'm getting into the Blackstone game. My wife and I have been uh, experimenting some Blackstone things. Uh, it's cool. I just made fried rice for my family last night. It was my night to make dinner. I actually put bacon in the fried rice last night. Interesting. Everybody appreciated the flavor. So that was a uh, you know. Well, I, the mayor of Granby happens to be big into the Blackstone game at the moment. Um, and he tells me every morning because the mayor works for me at the sewer plant. Hopper's the boss of the mayor, like literally. <laughs> anyway, he comes in. How does that work? <laughs> he's like, "Hey, man, uh, last night we did this on the Blackstone, so I'm hearing from him all the you know the gospel of the Blackstone, and Zach's preaching it, and I'm hearing that from you. I'm like, ah, do I dare dip my toe in the in the still waters of the Blackstone? I don't know. Yes." You I'll do. make a deal on mine because I think I need a bigger one. Well, see, I think I need... They got the new one now. It's got, like, the air fryers underneath. Oh, and now wow. it's like, man, you can cook fries, and it's a big ordeal now. I've got the one that's, like, the Blackstone on one side and then the burner on the others, and it came with a pan that you put grease in, and you can fry stuff while you Blackstone. Um, it's a little messy, I'll be honest. I'd prefer just to have a bigger Blackstone. But we do the French fries on there. You know, we oil them up a little bit. The frozen fries. We put the little metal lid thingy on. It does mm. pretty good on the French fries. I've never tried it. It also my black though. It does do the fried rice pretty good. Josh Smith and his buddy Jaden taught us that. Yep. Um, I'm not going to take credit for that. Nope. But nice. I, I am my. I love my. Pit Boss Smoker. Don't get me wrong. I'm getting a little tired of dragging it to the races. Pit Bosses are so 2010, Zach. They are. They are. <laughs> and after the Ash Burgers that we had at Hammers <laughs> last year. Oh, don't bring those up. I Why just, did you bring that up? Yeah. Maybe it's time to use that truck bed space for something a little better. <laughs> I've, I've been trying to get into the smoker game for a minute. Now, I keep telling myself no, but after hearing the Ashburgers, oh, man, no, I'm good. Well, okay, let me let me explain. It wasn't really the grill's fault. I shoved... <laughs> there's, there's a lot of operator error that may or may not have involved. involved we may have taken... We may have taken a DeWalt leaf blower and put it on the end and blew air in there to accelerate the... <laughs> fire in the box thing and then everything got covered in and when you've just yeah. downed like a dozen twisted t's it seems like the best idea in the whole wide world. major operator error yeah, not the, oil in the... that was the same night that josh smith the son of a bitch that i just bragged about gave us gear oil to burn in the smudge pot that jerk that was the worst uh, that, was a bad night. that was a bad night in general. It was like 
dust burgers with burnt garlic smudge pot exhaust. It, it was a it was a night. You might be rethinking coming to Hammers with us, man. I, I apologize. I heard you guys' horror stories. Uh, someone uh, was it still in your bathroom or? Uh, your put, smudge pot going missing. Yeah, smudge pot went missing. We had random non-group poops in our porta potty, but you know what? There's there's ways around all that. You just got to be smarter than the riffraff, I guess. We are the riffraff. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, I know that you go to these races. You got a couple guys that, that are on your crew that help you out, man. I feel like. You gave your wife a good shout out. We always want to make sure the racers thank their wives. Yep. But you got to give your your boys a shout out too, so they don't feel left out. Yeah, my boys are my rock. They actually work through with me in the shop every day. So uh, that's JT Strickland and uh, Talon Pool, AKA Twelve. Uh, those guys, they're uh, here with me through thick and thin, so they know every aspect of everything that I touch. And uh, I got ADD, so they're always running behind me, picking up my stuff, picking up my slack. You know, those 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 guys are there. Well, when I met those guys at the at the race last year, I was just like, oh man, these guys. I don't don't take any offense. I mean, this in all goodness, but I felt like I was back in Mayberry and hanging out with Andy Griffith and maybe a little bit of the Barney. And just like, man, your guys' group was just like, these are just good guys out here helping each other. The one guy, I, it wasn't JT, it was the other one that was with you. I couldn't under, Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I couldn't under understand a damn word he said the whole weekend. Yeah, you kind of got to just listen through his mumbles and kind of just pick and choose. Like you, like when he talks, you kind of just like, yeah. yeah, you like to see homos naked. I understand, you know. Just keep walking. <laughs> when when you and JT talk, I'm like, man, these boys are from the south. When he would talk, I was like, yeah, yeah, man, you are you are the south, man. Like his so, a real draw. Jeremy Blackburn has an oh, he's Kentucky got a good accent. Okay, and I was born in Kentucky, so every time I talk to him my accent just comes back and you can't hear nothing I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I loved it because I just, I knew I couldn't understand anything, but uh, I knew it was good. It was Whatever. good times. It was good vibes. And you just yeah. kept nodding. I <laughs> almost wanted to, it was almost like you had peanut butter stuck on the top of his <laughs> tongue. I don't know, man, but well, they were guys. It's, it reminds me of like talking to an old man. It's got a big troll. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can't understand him. And you're like, okay. <laughs> then, you, then you're hanging out with Cody, and Cody's definitely from Georgia. So it's like, here's Jeremy from Kentucky, Aaron from Tennessee, Cody from Georgia. And then you all start talking your own, like, interstate language. And <laughs> we're from Colorado, and we're just like, well, these guys definitely ain't hippies. I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, Cody, I love Cody to death. That's a... Uh... That's my number one guy. I met him in 2021 in my first race. Dude, we've just stuck together, bouncing ideas off of everybody. And uh, dude, Jeremy came along. Uh, he he cracks me up. 
dude, his uh his accent, his RS one. He thinks the RS one's gold. Uh, <laughs> well, he's competitive, man, and I don't I don't know if he'd even say that, but I love like he is just like I gotta be better. I'm gonna be better. Like he he is just dedicated <laughs> to like being better. Not even just racing, and just in general. That's like his persona. I gotta be a better guy. And uh, he's yeah. just a fun guy to be around too. He's uh he's very funny and uh, he's very ingenuitive, dude. Like when he comes to these races, he's very bare minimum minimal oh, stuff. Yeah. And uh, dude, he makes it work, dude. Uh, kudos to him. He well, maybe he's doing it this year. I don't know. Last year when we helped him at nationals, man, I just remember he didn't have a radio in the car. No, and so he was like, "I'll just find you in the pits," and we were like, "Okay." And he he found us in the pits, and he's just <laughs> yelling what the problem is, and we were just like, "Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. Just go. Just send it." Do you ever watch any of these YouTube videos that he posts up about these races? Oh yeah, he's always yelling. Yep, <laughs> he's always yelling. That's Jeremy. Well, we we like all you East Coast racers, man. Even though we're not East Coast guys, we uh we sit, tend to have a lot of you East Coast and Can Am drivers. We need more Polaris guys on this show, man. It's just it's ridiculous. I think I, you know honestly, I think uh, I think we're gonna see that the Can Am's the wave of the future. Polaris is Polaris. There's not a lot of them left anymore. Everyone's everyone's right. Oh, it's just. We're gonna have to have a we're gonna have to have a talk after this show, Hopper. Hey, we run we're Polaris people. I can say that. I can say you're an owner of a Polaris. Exactly. And I can say I can say what I want, Zach. I'm also a Ford guy who drives Chevy stuff. Yeah. Hey. I'm a Chevy (laughs) guy. You're a Chevy guy? Yep. That well, see, I Chevy makes the world's best vehicle ever they've ever made, which is the Suburban. Not not anymore. They have desecrated the new Suburban with rear independent suspension, so it is dead to me now. But the Suburban is god tier vehicle, in my opinion. And I'm a Ford guy. Uh, Fords are growing on me. They uh, I've been riding a lot of F three fifties and four fifties here recently, and I'm just like, man, I got to give you one of these. Well, and, and Ford's kind of redeeming themselves. They came out with Godzilla, which is an internal pushrod motor, you know, because as my beef with Ford is those stupid overhead cams. Oh, my gosh, I hate, I hate that. I'm a pushrod kind of guy. So that's neither here nor there, though. But <laughs> and, and the new Fords all have blue instrumentation, and I've got a pretty bad astigmatism, and I the the blue instruments are really hard for me to see at night. It just messes with my astigmatism, so that's kind of a bummer. I miss Ford's old green instruments. Uh, my Chevy's got green. Mm. Yeah, it's a twelve Duramax, but it's got green lighting and stuff, and it looks pretty good. But I've never paid attention to the instrument cluster lights. <laughs> well, you do, you do when you can't see them. You're like, what? What does this say? I don't know what it says. When was the last time you drove a Ford at night? Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, there's another another big old tangent. Like yeah. I said, getting a little rusty. Well, I I you probably you're you're getting late out there, Mister East Coast. What time is it there? Even 
10 02. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I guess we're going to wrap it up here. Hopper's getting ready for bed because it's 10 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Goodness. Mr. When we go to the race, he's just like complaining when we go to bed before 1 a.m. Because we everybody get, goes to bed at 9 o'clock. We get home and you're going to bed at 9 o'clock, man. Now, see, this is I'll, for all the listeners out there. I feel like Aaron, this is how your crew is, but with southern accents, right? <laughs> like that's why I liked you guys because you were like us. You're saying the same thing, doing the same thing. You just sound way more badassery when you <laughs> say it down there. I wouldn't necessarily say badassery, but yeah, we're just here. <laughs> My old boss Woody, who we've had on this show. That guy could sell a lady in a white dress a ketchup popsicle because he has that Georgia drawl. And he knew oh. it, man. Those ladies would come in and he'd be selling them left and right. And they weren't hearing a word he was saying. They only heard how it was coming out of his mouth. So I, I like that Southern accent. I don't get you places. I can't imagine if you and me talk like that. Oh, my gosh. That would be bad. At least we don't talk like spend a couple years out. Spend a couple years out here, and you guys will have that accent as well. Ugh. It's too humid. Too many bugs. <laughs> well, I thank you for coming on here tonight, man. Like I said, I know we've been trying to get you on, and uh, man, you've been running good. Like I love seeing you run good. Like I said, I love hanging out with you guys at the races. I always know we're going to hang out with you guys when we're at the races and camp next to you. But, uh, yeah, man, thanks for coming on tonight. I'm glad we were able to make it work. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, we'll see you. You got any sponsors you want to thank? I guess we should throw that out there. I mean, I know you got sponsors. You're a big-time race car driver, so. Well, I'm semi-professional race car driver. I got a few. Uh, are you, like are, you a, are you semi MRT or, or a hobbyist? I guess we should clear that air there. Oh, okay, I'm just a hobby racer. How about that? It's easier like to that. put it that way. Yep, I'm with you. I'm a hobby racer. That's the uh, yeah. I'd like to give a huge shout out to uh, MRT Tire Spine CT Raceworks. Uh, I don't know. There's a couple more that I'm probably forgetting. <laughs> I'm horrible at this stuff. Well, those you, you just named some good company companies, man. I know you love your MRTs. You haven't had any real I don't you didn't have any flats, I don't think, at Pennsylvania, right? Nope, didn't have no flats. Those the desert storms really handled well in the rocks. I think this year I've learned more patience to be in the rocks. Cause used to I used to full send them than Figure out the consequences later. Uh, now I take it a little bit more patient in the rocks. So <laughs> I'm learning how to drive this can in. Well, and then you talk about our buddies over at CT. I mean, obviously we're we're pals with those guys. They make some killer stuff. So yeah, Dude. good to give them a shout out, man. They deserve it. They make great products, and they they are yeah. a racer friendly company. Yeah, they are. Uh, Alex Reed and uh, David. Over there at CT Raceworks, those guys take care of me all the time. If I got any question, 
call them up. They figure it out real quick. Uh, plus, they make a superior part that I haven't had to break this year. I've tried, and uh, it doesn't work. That's a that's a good problem to have, man. So, uh, yeah, well, great show back after our summer sabbatical, if you will. Uh, glad we could get Aaron on here. Glad we could get some of Hopper's uh, therapy session in this evening. He's had a long summer. He's broke. He's tired. But we're trying to pick him back up again. So uh, I guess thanks, everybody, for listening this week. We're going to try to get back on that regular schedule and get some guys in here every week. But, uh, yeah, keep us posted on what you'd like to listen. I don't know. You have any? Closing comments, man. No episode next week because we'll be out. Oh, next week we will be at the Taylor Park UTV rally out on Taylor Park, Colorado. We might put something together. Mm, maybe. We'll, we'll see. We always say that and then we get a little distracted, cantankerous, <laughs> tired, whatever you want to call it. Generators quit running, things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we won't need the air conditioners. Nope. So anyway, stay tuned. Maybe we'll get something next week, but we'll definitely be back in a couple weeks before Crandon. So thanks for listening again, guys. We appreciate all of you sticking with us and understanding that we needed some me time. It was a, it was a good summer, but fall is here. So we'll, uh, we'll pick up where we left off and uh, yeah, check us out next time. Thanks guys. Where's the dang button? Where's the stop record button? (laughs) It's been so long since you've done it. Don't forget to look up Rocky Mountain Speed and Fab on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You've been listening to The Pit Guys. We'll see you at the races.